Case, what the hell are you doing? We got a show in like two minutes. What am I doing, Chinch? Just got our first sponsor, brother. I can't believe it. Oh. Revtown Jeans just sent me these unbelievable jeans, bro. Most comfortable jeans I've ever put on. They almost feel like sweatpants. I was doing squats just to make sure I was correct in my thinking. Yeah, if you guys are just listening to this, Sean was basically just bouncing around his room, but he's wearing jeans, which, by the way, my last name's Chenchamino. Sean, I'll take the part of how they're made because they're made, they're Italian milled denim. What that means is they're infused with a trademark athletic stretch yarn, so you get premium jeans with an amazing fit and a comfort of your favorite sweatpants, like Sean was just doing. If you go to our YouTube page, you'll see it. Revtown cuts out the middleman. They offer them directly to the consumer for a ridiculous price, Sean. Dude, I tell you what, Chinch, you gotta get a pair of these, bro. The most comfortable jeans you will ever put on, no doubt about it. Go to RevtownUSA.com and order yourself some jeans, some jeans, Chinch, because you're gonna absolutely love them. Let's do it. Let's get this party started, Chinch. We got a show to do, brother. Yeah. Roll the animation. All right, man. Chinchy, this is this is going to be a good one, bro. Yes, first it is. time, well, well, second time in person, but first time we got the two mics set up. Last last <laughs> week we had Leela just dominating the one mic, and he, he and I. So baby steps, man. Before we get going, uh, before I introduce this guy, I just want to um, you know go down a list of a couple things, and we'd like to embarrass our guests because yeah. you know they they did dominate. <laughs> this guy, sixteen year major league career, um, drafted by the Rangers, right? Play with the traded to the Marlins, play with play with me with the Reds for a couple of years. Uh went to the Cubs, Rangers, and then ended up winning the world championship with the Red Sox 2013. Two-time All-Star. One is a starter, one is a closer. Both is a starter. Both is a starter. Okay. Yep. Both is a starter. Two seasons in the top ten and wins. Three seasons top ten and saves. Get a load of that. That's really tough to do. Mm-hmm. Five seasons in the top ten and K's. Career high 33 saves in 05 with the Cubs. Career high 17 wins in 08 with the Cubs. So went to close and then started. <laughs> Not easy to do again. We talk about Smoltz. We talk about this guy. 200 Ks in a season twice. 2000, 2010. Last year in the big leagues, won the won the won the World Series championship with the Red Sox. So mm-hmm. cool. And this is a cool one because knowing this guy, I know how much this means to him. Inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame in 2019, which is. Which is a really big deal. Incredible, the guy, incredible deal. Um, <laughs> also, he's an actor. He's a comedian, magician. He has his own show off the mound on Marquee Network, and just one of the best dudes you'll probably ever meet in your life. And, and a dear friend of mine, Ron Dempster, Dempy. Yeah, so good to have you, Dempy. Dude, I I'm just fired up that I finally got invited <laughs> to the mayor's office. Like I thought we were good friends, you know. And then I started questioning things as I saw more and more guests, but that's okay. I wasn't trying to steal a spotlight. No, dude, it is awesome to be here with you. Be here with you, Chinch. This is great, man. Well, that's we wanted great. to make sure we wanted to, Chinch. We wanted to make sure we had everything perfect when you came. You know, yeah, we're thank just, you. We're just kind of getting getting things yeah, perfect. We, right? we we got everything right for the most laid back guest that we've had so far. <laughs> All you other guys, trust me. I don't like to share a microphone, so you got me my own. <laughs> there you go. It's COVID. Times of COVID. Hey, there's one other uh, ac- uh, accolade that he has that uh, I don't think many people know. 
one of the most unique personal life bio pages on Wikipedia. If you guys take a look at this. Dempster is widely known for his laid-back attitude, constantly joking with fans and teammates, and is said to be a positive contribution to a team's clubhouse. His fun and easygoing personality was especially evident when in comments to an Arizona newspaper in 07, he stated that if his career as a closer began to tumble, he would pursue ninja training. Is that correct? Was that a correct? Is, is that a true story? So that is a true story. And she wrote an amazing article, and I, I can't remember her name. But um, the, the, what happened was I made this kind of transformation in my uh, in my body. I, I got a little heavy. Right. Um, well, then, how did you – why did you get heavy? What happened? Uh, it was a combination of, uh, you know, a little bit of like the team wasn't very good. <laughs> And it was closing. <laughs> and so then when your team's not very good and you're the closer, you don't close very much. Um, so you're just crushing candy bars? And yeah, and it was, yeah, it was – well, it was like late-night dinners. Right. You know, it was like the, the, the steakhouse at 11 o'clock at night for the last minute, ro- like last call with a bottle of wine. Like I thought I was Andre the Giant. Like I could just throw those back. Um, so, I, so I get myself in good shape, you know, and it was noticeable and everybody talked about it. And then we went to go play the Rockies in Tucson, and I'm in the in the you know I could see this I'm in the dugout I could see this person staring at me and she's kind of like I know she wants to talk to me about something, and I don't know what in my mind made me go to this you know, and she just said man you're in really great shape you know what's been the biggest difference this you know off season what did you do, and I just told her about my ninja training. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. And like the professionalism, which was she showed, you know, because at first it was like, okay, what are you going with? But I just went deeper. You know? <laughs> you can do. Yeah, it's just like if you're going to go there, go the whole way. Like, did was, you kind of go in like, you know, samurai training or like. Or, yeah, well, she asked, what, did, what does ninja training entail? And I was like, well, you know, stuff like sneak going around the house and sneaking up on people. That's a really big one. Nice. Throwing stars, practice throwing throwing stars. What better accuracy, the way to improve your accuracy than be able to dart up a sign with throwing stars? You know? So, um, and then it was, I think the headline was, she wrote, which is really great. It says, Cubs uh, um, closer's goal. Save fifty games. Learn to use nunchucks. <laughs> yes. that's, that's what the title of the article said. It's so good. Oh God, so, good. so yeah, that is a great Wikipedia so update. Good. I like that oh, one right there. So good. So let's go back, Demp. You know, because uh, what's great about you, bro, is like getting to know the Canadians. Uh, a lot of the guys that I've played with over the years. Chris Reese is one of my dear friends. Lives out in Calgary, and and I know baseball is not the first sport there. You know, right? Obviously, it yeah. seems like you guys are all hockey players. You have such a unique story. Growing up in Gibson's, right, right outside yep. British Columbia, Canada, outside of Vancouver, yeah. right outside of Vancouver. Um, can you take us through your journey as you know what it took for you to be a baseball player? Because it's, I think it's phenomenal. You know everything that you had to do to just get to practice. Yeah, you know, it, 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 when I look back at it now, in the moment when you're doing it. Um, it didn't seem like a big deal, right? You know, but then when you're like, man, I did that, and I did that. <laughs> Holy cow, you know. So basically, like we had little league like everywhere else, um, and it was super popular. But at a certain threshold, it kind of just like came to a grinding halt. And I was 14 years old. We just finished. We played our summer tournament. Everything was great. And then I was like, I want to keep playing baseball. But from 15 on, it was like three teams, six kids on each team might show up. You know, you never know what you're gonna get, right? Um, so it was like, all right, I want to go to the city. And in order to go to the city, in order to go to Vancouver from, from Gibson's, it's a 40 minute ferry ride. And then, you know, another half hour to 40 minute car ride or bus ride. 
So I was really lucky. John Howden coached us. His son Jeremy and I were good friends. So me, him, me, Jeremy, and Ross Pearson, we played in in West Van, um, Cypress Park Little League uh, as fifteen year olds. And then I was playing at fifteen, and uh, I was playing at, uh, at a game, and I was catching, and I hosed the dude at second base by a lot. And I think that kind of caught some eyes of some this people. Guys got a cannon. Got a cannon. Yeah. I was back picking dudes. <laughs> like, you know, I was I was the pudge of fifteen year old West Vancouver Little League. You know, nice. and uh, and so then this coach Dave Empey came up to my coach at the time, Johnny, and, and I just loved the line that John gave back to him. And I thought this really summed me up. Was Dave said, "Hey, does he want to play professional baseball?" And John Howden, my coach, said no. And he kind of had this, like, really? And he goes, no, he doesn't want to play pro ball. He wants to play in the big leagues. Wow. And Because that wasn't my goal was to just play professional. I wanted to be in the big leagues. I want to play 20 years in the big leagues. Right. What am I going to do? Yeah, I came up short, but it's okay. <laughs> Four years short. Um, <laughs> I did all right. But, uh, and, and so then he kind of made a phone call and said, do you want to kind of start, come do this? And I'll, I'll never forget the first practice I go to. I, I'm getting picked up. He said, Paul's going to pick you up. My assistant coach is going to pick you up on the other side. He's driving a purple Corvette. Now, like, if you want to get nervous, you know, go get picked up by a coach you never met in a purple Corvette. And not only that, he's like, he's like leaning up against the Corvette, like Billy Madison style, you know, he's got his sleeves rolled up and he's got this gigantic Afro, right? And Paul, later on, did I find out he was the lead singer for a band called Invasion. So he had the full what? rock star. Oh, yeah, it looked like, like they, the band members, like his brother um, as well was in the band. Paul's brother was in the band, and, and they looked like like straight out of Whitesnake, you know? Like D, <laughs> almost D. Snyder type Afro. Were they like, good? Like, were they good? Did you ever hear a couple songs? Yeah, they were, oh, they, were, they were like one of the premier coveted high school or wedding cover bands. Like, because everybody wanted to come play. You know, at that time, they were like, you know, that kind of late – Late mid eight late eighties rock band right, man right. they played the part oh yeah man it was it was a different persona and 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 actually like Paul was ended up being one of the best coaches I had and Dave was awesome and so then I just started making that journey from Gibson's to Vancouver wow. daily sometimes you know like having to go to my teacher first thing in the morning being like uh, I'm gonna miss uh, biology um, can I get the homework assignment go run out of school hop on the bus take the bus 10 minutes down to the ferry, go on to the ferry, play pole position and Donkey Kong for 40 minutes and then sprint off to the bus, catch the express bus down to Ambleside Park, boom, practice baseball, and then be back on the last ferry at home that night. And and, and you had to – you were saying too, you had to make yeah. the ferry or it was like, we got to stay – right, we got to stay yeah. the night in the city. The last ferry went at 9.15 p.m., not 9.16, 9.15. And that thing like – you know, like there's a couple times I'm like, I can make the jump, you know, like the thing it's like cranking up and I'm like, I can do it. I got basketball practice in the morning, but oh you know, then you end up having to stay until like catch the first ferry in the morning at seven twenty and, and, and do that. But yeah, it was, a, it was a try. I remember how many times, cause so like every time I go into the city, my mom would, you know, give me money. Here's 20 bucks. Here's 20 bucks. Cause you got between the cost of the ferry, the, the, the taking the train or the, uh, the, um, bus and then. And then all of a sudden you got food, right? So I sh- twenty bucks went. Well, I figured if I could sneak on the ferry, you know, that's a couple extra chili dogs and a few more games of pole position. I'm going for it, right? So, so what I did was I would do like the remember in, in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he's trying to sneak into Universal Studios and he's like back behind the group of people and he's like, <laughs> yeah, I would do that. I would follow families in like I was like their fourth son, you know. It was just great. But for an extra five bucks, oh it was God. worth it, you know. That's so great. Yeah, was mom, so mom, 
What are we doing on the ferry? <laughs> I think we should go to the cafeteria first. People are looking back. Like, who, who's he talking? Is he, do you know him? Is he with us? Yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. And you know what? I'll give my hats off to my family, but my teachers, man. Because I was missing like 75 classes this semester, wow. my junior and senior year of high school playing ball. And, and for whatever reason, I don't know if they just heard or they knew or they sensed my passion, but they never like kind of were like, you're going to get an F because you're not coming. They were always good about giving me my homework and making wow. sure I do it. So I was so thankful. I just this amazing support system that helped me get off off the coast you know not an island right not an island not yeah. an island i mean you can get there on horseback or <laughs> dirt bike or all right pack yourself a, an overnight bag for three days and go through the bush but yeah no no roads so who was the scout that drafted you and you know yeah. how, what's that story uh tim Holgren. uh i my first scout the first bird dog you know you get the bird dog oh yeah you you're like, like the, the bird, bird dog? dog talk to me oh. he, he had me fill out a form Hey, I mean, I'd write down what my 60 was. or like, hey, the bird dog never called me back. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I watch all these kids go to, like, Wrigley and play the All-American games yeah. that Casey's coaching for, yeah. you know, and all these stuff. And I'm like, they all think they're in the big leagues, right? Here we were getting cards from Don Cherry. Don, not Don Cherry. Don Cherry, okay? S-H-E-R-R-Y. He was with the Texas Rangers, and he was the first bird dog that gave the little card out to me and then wow. you know jim chapman was the scout with the dodgers and they started scouting me and tim Hallgren was with the rangers and and they came up sandy johnson was a national cross checker he came up and it just started to become this thing you know you get 20 scouts at a game with the radar yeah. guns i got a great picture and you know my uncle russ yeah, yeah. my uncle russ is in the middle <clears throat> of the scouts with a hair dryer <laughs> Oh. And he's pointing the hair dryer just like, like looking over. Like, yeah, look at this. Oh my god! Oh my god. Which I never understood, by the way. Why do all the scouts sit up there and like there's 20 of them? Like, do you just not need one radar gun? Can you ask your yeah. buddy next door? Yeah. Like, hey, but what do you got there? 93. Yeah. What do you got there? 95. 20 radar guns. This is true. Yeah. But it is cool as a player when you see the guns go up. You're like, yeah. All right, it's on. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, these guys see me. You know what I mean? Like, it was pretty sweet. What I always cool. felt bad for though was so I had played with a, a couple kids in college where one threw like 95, but he clearly wasn't that good of a pitcher. But, you know, our best pitcher threw like 87 and broke stuff off. The most the saddest thing to me on a baseball field was when the guns are up and then the next guy comes on a mound and then all the guns get packed up and all the scouts <laughs> leave. I was always like, just at least hold it up there for like an, a batter for the next guy, you know? Right? <laughs> the guy, my teammates, and now they start like kind of resenting you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, dude, yeah. you know, this might be the day I break 90. And you guys aren't going to point that thing up here. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. It was great. And they had the pingy. You'd hear the tuning devices going off, you know, back in the day. Ding, you know? Yeah. Any guys you played with, like, in that in playing in the big leagues yeah well and that was actually you know this is actually pretty really cool nobody's ever brought this up before my team the north shore twins the wally chiefs out in surrey there was the wally chiefs they were really big they had guys like there was a shortstop named kevin nicholson oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he got yeah, to yeah, the yeah, big yeah. leagues a little bit with the rock yeah he drafted by the padres yes. and he got up with the rockies yes. as well um real good shortstop he played for the chiefs but five consecutive years Dave ran a program with the North Shore Twins where we we would go play like we were playing weekends in Wenatchee and then Everett and then we were down to like Tacoma and Bellingham and we were playing we were going and just thumping these dudes really oh man we they were like here's this team from Canada, Canada yeah and we'd spank them fourteen <laughs> one they're just like what is going Fuck on these guys you know? played hockey yeah and Dave was just like fundamentals like we would take hundreds of ground balls hundreds of swings in the cages like. It was like everybody on our team could pitch, but not everybody was a pitcher. You know right, what I mean? Right, like if you right, needed right. an inning, somebody could pitch. 
guys could hit. We didn't strike out. You know, like we just we played good baseball. But for five years, so it went Simon Pond, mm-hmm. who played in the big leagues, left-handed hitter, played in the big leagues with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. The next year, 1996 was, or 1995, I got drafted mm-hmm. by the Rangers. Uh, five years, top 10 rounds or lower. So top wow. 10 round pick. And then it was Chris Mears, yep. who was up in the big leagues with the Tigers, Rangers. Then um, we had uh, – I'm, I'm losing a brain. I'll get back to it in a sec. Clint Hosford, who never made it to the big leagues. And uh, um, we had one other kid. And I'm thinking – oh, Aaron Mayette, who was in the big leagues with uh, with Texas, uh, got to the big leagues with, with, I think, Detroit as well. So, I mean, an unbelievable program. Plus a ton of kids went to D1s, went to junior colleges, top junior colleges yeah. in Northern California. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun playing baseball yeah. in those days. That's really cool, man. That's an unbelievable story. Um, so you got drafted by the Rangers, yeah. but you're not there long. No. Right? Yeah. I, remember, I remember when I got traded. I got traded. I committed with the Indians, and uh, I get traded the day before opening day for Dave Burma. Like the Reds opening day starter, Jim Bowden's crazy enough, you know, Enough of a, a vision, thank you, Jim, for doing that for me, of trading his number one starter for a prospect, right? And I remember going in the office with Mark Shapiro, uh, Buddy Black, and Scott Pioli was in there for whatever. He was the GM of the uh, GM of the uh, Patriots, not at that time, but he was later on. And I remember Buddy Black saying to me, Case, because I started balling. I thought yeah. I was going to play with Cleveland. And he's like, Case, he goes, this, it, 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 it's, this is your first time. It won't be your last. And the first time's always the hardest. Yeah. When he got traded. What about yeah. you when you got traded? When you got traded? I'm just glad like, we're in the same company. Yeah. Like, I cry like a baby, right? Like, I, I, was get rid- Mark I was like, I love you, Mark. I yeah. can't be with the Indians for 30 years. I thought we were going to be going to weddings together, yeah. like, you know, like everything. But yeah, it, it really is. It's hard. And, and like, you know, same sort of thing. It's like you're going to be there forever. And I get vanity license plates, you know, with the Texas Rangers logo on them. You know? Like, God, man, all those, shirts, all those shirts I just bought for my family, I know those aren't any good anymore. <laughs> You know, but just cry and cry my cry my eyes out to Brad Arnsberg, my pitching coach. Same sort of thing. And he was really concerned. He was temper. What's wrong? And I'm, I'm telling him I got traded. He started laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing about? He goes, I, I, the way you came in, you're crying. I thought somebody died. This is great. This is a great thing. You're going to go the, you know, you're going to move up the ladder faster. And, and, you know, and, and it is hard, you know, like, cause you do envision yourself. And like, for me, it was like Texas Rangers. Nolan Ryan was my idol. You know, I got to meet him in spring training that year. Yeah. You know, I come around I'm in spring training, 1996 in Port Charlotte, Florida. I come around the corner and, oh, you know, this guy's got a halo behind him. The sun, the sun wasn't out, but it came out in that moment. You know, yeah. it was just like. You know, all I could sit there is think, like, do you really take Advil so you can go another nine innings? You know, like, it was just, like, the coolest thing ever. And I just – it really broke my heart. But I realized then, you know, later on that it was the best thing that ever yeah. happened to me because then I got to come up with the Marlins. Yeah. Talk about that because, man, I, I go back. I came up with the Cleveland Indians. You guys were obviously, you know – talk about a loaded minor league system. Oh, yeah. And let me see if I can remember enough of the guys. So you had you. You had Millar, uh, Luis Castillo. Alex Gonzalez, Mark Kotze, yep. Ryan Jackson, yep. uh, Todd Dunwoody, Todd Dunwoody, yeah. uh, uh, Redmond, yeah. uh, Braden Looper, yeah. um, and oh, then yeah. the guys Looper. we got, the guys we got that came up too, like the other guys that came in the trades, guys like, you know, we had Mike, uh, Joe Fontenot was a big prospect yes. in the Rob Nen trade, and uh, Mike Volano, who was a big pro, like the amount of minor it, it, it was like we were the envy of everybody. When, 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 in 97, we played you guys. I was in double A with the Akron Arrows, and you guys were, were in uh, Portland, Maine. Oh, man, that team just. I was like, this team's better 
than the big league team. Yeah. Like, and I think that obviously the brass had to know that too. But you so was our triple A team in 1999. Uh, and Millar went ahead and Kevin Millar went ahead and said that. <laughs> like our, our Calgary Kansas team in AAA was absolutely <laughs> just crushing it. And Millar says to the Millar's newspaper, in the big leagues, right? No, we're in Calgary. Oh. And he says, he, he loudly, you know, the reporters are on the locker room. He goes, I'm calling it right now. Best of seven. Us against the Marlins. If we have home field advantage, we win. <laughs> and then I get called up like three days later. I go up to the big league. It's my second time going up. But I get called up and I go to the you know locker room and all of a sudden Bolsey calls me in the locker room. John Bowles is like, what's Kevin saying? What happened? Tell, tell us the real story. I say, you know him. You know, it's just like he was just talking, Bolsey, and some reporter heard it. So, oh but he was he wasn't far off. You right. know, like I mean, we had we had a stack guys like John Roscos and Russ Mormon. Remember oh, Russ John Mormon? Ross, yeah, Russ Mormon. Yeah, I mean, we just we scored fourteen runs a game. It was nuts. I mean, we just dumping, but we were just a bunch of veteran guys. They now, were a bunch of veteran guys. But so I come up. Was D, D Lee? D Lee was on the. But did D game. Lee come up with the Marlins? He came up with the Padres. He, Padres. But then was traded in the Kevin Brown trade, so he got traded over from the Mar. Uh, and obviously Marlins. Cliff, Cliff's up there. Cliff was already there. Cliff. We had this couple of established guys like Cliff, Alex yeah. Fernandez. It's phenomenal though. But Levon Mikey Hernandez, Lowe, Mikey, Mikey Lowe. But Mikey had just come over from uh, the, Yankees. the Yankees. Yeah, mm. for uh, I can't remember who it was at the time, but. You know, like Preston Wilson, and 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 then Preston later on, Wilson. Josh Beckett, AJ Burnett, like Carl Brad, Brad Penny. Yeah, you know, like all these guys, and and so we were really loaded, but really green. You know, and like yeah. your former guest who you just had on here at the yeah. mayor's office, Jim Leland. You know, I remember thinking, this poor man, dude. Like, <laughs> he just won the World Series, right? Like something that had been evaded. Here and he doesn't even yeah. get a chance to just enjoy it. Right, right. You, you got you lost a hundred games. When we had him on last week, remember he he was promised that they were going to try to keep it together, but the owner decided yeah. he, he was just getting older and he just he had to sell, and it was more it was nothing personal between them. But Leland brought that up. It was just like I thought we were going for it for the next five, six, seven years, right? Yeah, well, because those guys were like signed to those deals. They yeah. had those guys locked they up. They were like Sheffield was locked in, really, lighter, Kevin Brown. Bobby Bo, Bobby Charles, Charles Johnson. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. said, Kevin Brown. And like you just go up and down the lineup. They were just, they, they were Moises loaded. Salou. Moises Salou. I mean, you dude. Know, it was one guy after another. And, uh, and Devo, Devon White, Devon yeah, White. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so you had all these players that they trade away. And because of that, like, it, this is what's crazy. This is how crazy it is. So, ne- Pam back to 1997. 1997, I'm in the Florida State League. I'm so bad in the first half of 1997. This is no lie. I finished the first half of the All-Star break with a seven and a half ERA. Oh, my gosh. And John Bowles, who I mentioned, was our manager at one point. He was our minor league field coordinator. And he came into Burrard County, and he showed up, and he, he grabbed me, and he said, I need to talk to you. And he said, what do you think you're doing wrong? And I said, well, you know, and I started talking. He goes, you know what actually I think would be the best thing for you right now? I think the best thing for you right now would be to shut up and listen to me. And he goes, you need to start throwing more strikes. You need to get ahead of guys. You need to throw your breaking ball for a strike because guess what? I'm not sending you down to low A and you're not going to double A. Wow. So you either figure it out here or you're done. And I'm wow. like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and, to, you know, was to, he right? Was he right? He was completely right in everything he said. I came off back-to-back starts where I gave up at yeah. least eight. I think it was ten both starts, but at wow. least eight runs. I was going to ask you about that, Demp, like, and especially for like kids now who are coming up and you go through diversity and stuff. I think I was looking at it. I think you were zero zero and three to start. Like you had a tough relief appearance, a tough starting appearance. What what 
Were you terrified? You were in your early 20s. You probably weren't, didn't have the same wisdom you have now. <clears throat> so what, other than that conversation, what was going through your head at the time? Were you like, I, I'm not good enough? Or were you like, I can do this? Yeah, I, wa- I was terrified because, it, because like this is also a conversation that he's having with me fresh off of back-to-back starts against Daytona and Kissimmee where I never got out of the second inning in either start. I gave up 10 and one and nine and another. Wow. So like, I, I mean, it was, it was bad. Wow. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I think what happened was when all that happened and he challenged me, I always kind of was a guy that responded to that. You know, like if you put doubt in me, I wanted to prove that was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just kind of that went back as always yeah. that way. You know, I don't know if it was all the ferry rides and overcoming the odds <laughs> that I was like, I'm going to overcome Probably. this. Yeah. And so I, I, I just started to just basically – I listened to him. I took in what he said, and I just started throwing strikes. Like, I didn't worry about corners. I just like let me find out what my stuff. And then all of a sudden, it just showed. Hey, whoa! I'm finding out that these guys aren't hitting it all over the place. Because guess what? It's not two zero every time. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? It's yeah, like it's right. a lot harder to hit 0-2. Oh, Case knows you know oh, that, get, right? You get 0-1, and my head starts spinning. Yeah. You get me one zero. I'm like, it's all like, hey, let's get it on. Yeah, because even <laughs> if I throw you a breaking ball. It's got to be for a strike. So right. if I hang it a little bit, you're going to whack gonna it, hammer. you know? Yeah. And it's amazing the amount of things you can get. And so so now I finished the year really strong. I have a great second half of the season through a CG, uh, last start of the year against St. Lucie. Like, things are good. I get a phone call in the offseason. It's like, you're going to go to big league camp. And this was because they had traded all these guys away now. That's right. And I'm, I'm non-roster invitee. And I, you want to talk about being scared, dude? Oh, my God. I got Jim Leland as the manager, <laughs> you know? I'm intimidated. I don't even like. I'm just. I just hope he doesn't notice me. You know. <laughs> and then I, I'm like, they just won the World Series, and all this stuff's happened. So I go there. You know, I was as nervous as can be. I pitched one inning against. It was against a national team. I, I think I want to say it was like the Cuban national team. I can't even remember. And I, the next day, I come to the field, and and this is great, dude. I get, hey, Skip wants to see. You. I got to go to Jim Leland's office, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, all right. Okay. I'm trying to think of what I did wrong. Right. You know? <laughs> and he wasted no time. He's just like, hey, listen, you're not going to make the team. So uh, you're going to go to minor league camp. Dude, we just started games. These are the exhibition games before the game started. And I, and I was already getting sent out. And, and in my head, I go, and this is what I said to him. I go, hey, that's okay. I get it. Um, You know that minor league camp hasn't started, right? <laughs> and, I'm, and he's like, oh. <laughs> And I go, like, I got nowhere to go. Yeah, and I go, what should I do? He goes, I don't know, go to the beach. <laughs> so he said, no yeah. way. And so then earlier that morning, the Travis secretary, Bill Beck, Boomer had just given meal money, right? Oh so I just got my meal money for the week. And I'm like feeling guilty, like, because I'm not going to be there. <laughs> and I go, what do I do with the meal money? And, and Jim goes, I'd go to the track if I was. <laughs> so I went to the track. Did you really? Wait. I won my horse or my dog. It was the dogs, not the ponies. The right. dog came in. I spent a couple days at the beach, worked out for a little bit. Yeah, You're like this big league life's great. Yeah, I don't have to throw. It was paid. awesome, man. Go to the track. Yeah, oh and, then, and then I went to you know, and then I went to Double A to start the year. And next thing you know, six weeks later, I'm I'm getting called up to the big leagues. Wow. It's crazy, man. Hey, isn't that crazy? From that conversation with John Bowles, where he's like, "Hey, listen, yeah." If you can't start throwing strikes and establishing the zone and throwing your curveball better or your slider better. You're out of here. Yeah. You're in the Florida State League. Yep. For the next ten, year. Ten months later. Ten months later, you're in the show. In the big leagues. Facing the Pirates. You know? Wow. Every time. And I remember they put me in the bullpen. And they got me up my first time three times. And I didn't go in the game. <laughs> Every time I warmed up, I was I was terrified. <laughs> I was 
the heart rate that was going. Like, and you're I not a reliever, right? No, you're we didn't a have mental skills coaches. Right, could, right. You know, at the time, minor leagues telling us how to breathe and slow things down. <laughs> Hamster wheels just going a million miles a minute, you know. Oh my God. And I'm, I'm a reliever, as, but I'm a starter. I've been starting my whole like minor league career. Now, right. listen, i got to figure this out. So then two days later, they get me up a couple times again. And then the third time I come in against the Pirates. And uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is a great story. So now I come in against the Pirates, right? Eighth inning. First guy comes up, I believe, is Jermaine Allensworth. He grounds out to third base. Next guy, Jose Guillen. And I might have those in back opposite orders, but he grounds out to third base. And the crowd's going nuts, right? Like, I'm like, this is sweet, man. Right on, you know? Got the all 800 people here at Pro Player just going nuts for me. And the next guy, Kevin Polkovich. I strike him out on a backup slider, and they boo. What? And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I, I hear it, but I, you know, I'm like, and then I find out that on promotion night there at Pro Player Stadium, what they did was they picked an inning, a team, and an event. And if that happened, a section of this thing's huh. split $100,000. What? Would, yes. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Wow. Turns out it was the eighth inning. The Pittsburgh Pirates will ground up to third base for all three outs. Oh, no way. I, and, I, and I struck Don't him you out wish you known on a that? backup slider to a righty. Perfect Perfect. pitch. I played Kevin Polkovich. He should have grounded that thing out instead of taking it. Pull that trigger, Kevin. Yeah, let's go. Swing it one time. Oh my god! Isn't that crazy? That's That's my first big league appearance. Oh my god! And then they're like, "Go back out there," you know. And I go back out there. I left a couple runners on. And Manti came up, gave up a triple. I had a twenty-seven ERA, and I called (laughs) home. And my girlfriend's mom's like, "You have the best ERA on the team." Oh my god! It's not how it works, Betty. Twenty-seven. <laughs> was her name really Betty? Her name was Betty. That was her name, Betty. Oh my god! <laughs> that is so good. What about Debbie? Obviously, a couple years. So ninety-nine, ninety-nine. That, that was like when I finally. That's when you yeah. came out there. Because well, and you know what happened was ninety-eight. I really got <sighs> Harvey Dorton when I talked about mental skills. Yeah, coach. that's what. Dude, Harvey, Harvey was your guy? Harvey was there with the Marlins. Oh, my yeah. gosh, bro. Yeah. Dude, so for anyone that doesn't know, Harvey was my – I tell people all the time. I say, yep. hey, uh, how'd you do it? You know, because, dude, I was – I'd go to the showcase and, like, uh, uh, like they, they, they name the names to come back. And I'm like, uh, uh, Sean Casey? Oh, no, you're not on the list. I was like, uh, what game t- – don't doesn't don't we hit in day two? Don't we hit? They're like, uh, yeah, but you just need a 7-5-60. You're out of here. I'm like, geez, are you shit me? You know what I mean? So so I, so, so I wasn't the guy that like, oh, man, this guy's going to definitely be something someday. My dad at 16 years old was bought three books. Uh, Art of Hitting 300 by uh, Charlie Lau. Uh, the Science of Hitting by – or maybe I have them reversed. Science of Hitting by Ted Williams. Yep. And The Mental Game of Baseball by Harvey Dorfman and Carl Keel. For some reason, that. I wasn't a big reader, obviously, in high school. I fell in love with this. Yeah. And I used to go during my free mods. He's a big reader now, though, by the way. <laughs> big reader. Huge. I saw his videos where he's out in the line. Big reader now. Yeah, big during the rain, now. that's what he does. But yes, yes, exactly. I'm glad you I'm glad you follow me. <laughs> um, but back then, I wasn't, right? And what's crazy is I fell in love with what Harvey was saying and Carl Kiel was saying to those guys and how to slow down, breathe or die. You know what I mean? Like – Living in the moment, process, not results, focus on the task. And I started to buy into that, bro. I really believe that made me the player that I was. No doubt. But for you to have a guy like Harvey Dorfman in your organization at that time in your career, like, Dude, what did that mean? It was, it was like, honestly, 
I, you know, the, the inside of me, right, wants to believe that I was going to be a big leaguer forever and that right. I was going to do those things. Like, that's what I, I think, right? But when you when I was looking and playing back things that were happening, did I get to the big leagues earlier because I got traded? Yes. But did that help me? Not necessarily because I, I hadn't really grown in the minor leagues yet. Right. I, I made six double-A starts, and then I'm in the big leagues. Wow. And I was I was really, like, having a tough time. And I, and I had a couple decent starts, you know, because my stuff was good. But I still was struggling and I'm struggling and I'm kind of having a day. And to be able to go to the field every day, you know, most days on home games, Harvey was there. He was there a lot. Was and, he in uni? Um, he would, he would, yeah, he'd have the little pullover, the, yeah. the Marlins black pullover, <laughs> you know, the short pants on, like, you know, like, I don't know, I get a chance to play or something. I loved right. it, you know, but I, and I love that aspect too, because yeah. he, he really, it made you feel so comfortable and I'll never forget this. I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. And he just, you know, he could see it on my face and he had me sit down after I threw a bullpen one day and, uh, and everybody was inside and I'm sitting in pro player on the, you know, in our home dugout there. And he goes, Hey, you want to know something? You're supposed to lose every game you pitch this year. And I was like, what? And he goes, if you don't believe me, the day of your start every day, pick up the newspaper and you're always going to be plus money every single time. And I was like, why? And I couldn't, like, why is this man telling me this? You know, right? Yeah. Thanks for the confidence. Is this a mental coach? Yeah. I've read your book. There's nothing, none of this is in your book, right? <laughs> like, but what I think what he saw was that I was putting so much pressure on myself to win games that I wasn't focused on the approach. And so then what he said afterwards, which was the most impactful, was he said, so when you go out there, it doesn't fucking matter if you win or lose. Right. That's what he said. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. Just do the process. Learn. Keep your ears open, your eyes open, your mouth shut, and just learn as much as you can from every opportunity you get and understand that you're going to fail. It doesn't matter. That's done with. All that matters is, is that pitch you're making and that next pitch you're making. What happened is gone, and what's going to come, we don't know. All you can control is this. And so from that moment forward, you know, things just really started, even to the point where when I got sent down um, to AAA that year, it didn't bother me. Right. I wasn't devastated. It was like it was all just part of the process. Just keep and I went down to AAA and I pitched well. And then the next year I started in AAA for five starts. I pitched well and then I got to the big leagues and I was in the big leagues the rest of my career. But that talk on the bench with Harvey, you know, and just having him walk me through all that, and then later on, you know, reading his book about the ABCs of pitching, yeah, you know, and just kind of going through those things. Um, you know, Kyle Hendricks keeps a copy of that book in his locker yeah. to this day. You know, you're I I personally think if you're a big league pitcher, no matter who you are. You're an idiot if you don't have a copy of that. A big league picture. How about high school kids? Anybody. I talk high school kids yeah. all the time. How about uh, Corbin Burns? Yeah. Corbin Burns in 2019, he's got a 580 array or whatever. He gets called up. He's a reliever, blah, blah, blah. Um, Brian King gets a hold of him, who's a mental coach, too. And they start going through, hey, what, what process do you have? What are you doing between starts? Are you going one pitch at a time? All that, right? So I read something the other day. <clears throat> it talks about Corbin Burns' routine. And he says – Every morning I get up, I read the execution chapter in the mental ABCs of pitching by Harvey Dorf. That's it. Every morning. Yeah. So you got one of the best pitchers in baseball who in 2019 had the same arsenal. Who's going to win, possibly win the Cy Young, might win the at, Cy some, Young. at some point. He always was throwing yeah. that great card. He yeah. was 98, yeah. 99. But he had, his stats were terrible because he didn't know how to go one pitch at a time. Yeah. Didn't know how to take that deep breath. Didn't know how to settle into the moment. Didn't know how to go the process, not results like you were doing. Yeah. Right? Next thing you know. We're talking about 2021. Corbin Burns might be the Cy Young Award winner, and I loved it. I saw what hey, they said. What's your routine? He said every morning, 
I read the mental ABCs of pitching, yeah. just like you said. And I tell I tell my my kids uh, all the time, like, hey, at the end of the day, it's you versus you in that box. If you haven't learned how to think, if you hadn't haven't learned how to slow things down and live in the moment, this game will eat you up. Yep, it's 100%. a tough, it's a killer of a game. Well, because we then we start worrying about things peripheral that don't matter, right? We worry about that play should have been made behind me at shortstop. <laughs> Man, that really close pitch, the umpire squeezed me on. That should have been a strike. You know, you start worrying about all these other things that the more you can just repeat the process and do it over and over, you're the more often than not, if you're if you're talented and you have stuff and you can execute and you just repeat the process, you're going to have results because you're going to you're going to execute more. And what I mean by execute is like he would always say this about about Maddox because he worked with Maddox, too, is how did you do today? And he's like the best compliment I ever got was when I asked guys that when they told me oh, I was 87 for 93. I threw 93 pitches on 87 of them. I actually just trusted the process. I didn't get outside of my head, you know, you know, like not, Oh, I went seven innings game. He'd always tell me like, I don't care about that. I love that. When you, you know, like, does it pay your bills? Sure. (laughs) But the process will pay your bills a lot more, you know? And like, it it was a big difference maker for me, crossing paths with him and reading that book and doing those things. Yeah. I mean, just huge to have a person like (sighs) that. Dude, I I did not know that about Harvey Brookman. I I can't even believe you mentioned his name, but that makes total sense because I was just about to ask you when did it click mentally, and the fact to have Harvey Dorfman as a coach, yeah, it, it, at, a, at such a young age. And you're, you're no offense, Rich Doobie, but old. he was more important than my pitching coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the truth. I mean, it yeah. just from for me, right? Like physically, I I could handle a lot of the things. I could work my tail off. I could do all that. Mm. I struggled mentally. I struggled with self confidence when I was out there. Yeah. You know, and part of that was coming up so early in the big leagues like right. i'm 21 years old three years ago i'm watching these guys on tv and now i'm like sitting at an all-star game in the locker room with them like right. stuff like that happened along early part of my career i, I had a lot of self-doubt harvey helped me get yeah get over a lot of that i love how harvey you know i, I love how you know i remember calling him one time and i was I, I was i was raking and then i went over 12 but i had lined out like 11 times but i was so like in my own dome yeah you know, i called him one night after the game i was like harvey i'm really struggling right now it's like well, what's going on I'm over for my last 12. <clears throat> Take me through your at-bats. Rock of the second baseman. Rock of the center fielder. Check. He goes, don't call me. <laughs> He's like, you know how he was so straight? He's like, totally. That's it. He's like, don't ever call me again if you've had 11 lineouts and 12 at-bats. Your process obviously seems good. And then this is what he said to me. He goes, your job as a hitter is to hit the ball hard every time. Yep. He goes, whether you get a hit or not, that's, that's irrelevant. Yep. The process is... Are you taking a deep breath? Are you hunting the fastball? Are you look? Are you, is you are you looking middle away, reacting in, and then are you hitting the ball hard? He goes at the end of the year, just like he said to you. At the end of the year, you're gonna have some years that maybe they were hit out of a couple guys. You hit 290. Mm. You're gonna have some years where your process is good, same way. You hit 330. It doesn't matter. Yep. Your results will be what they will be. But if you show up with the process for every pitch throughout the course of a season, I bet you your numbers will be pretty good. Yeah. He said to me one time too. He said. Would you much rather dart a fastball where you want it, exactly where you want it, and the guy bloop a ball in for a base hit in RBI? Or would you hang a slider and let him pop up? And I said, he goes, and if it's hang the slider and pop up, this is the last conversation. Because <laughs> <Wow. laughs> like, it was like that. then you're going about it the wrong way. Wrong way. Yeah. The other funny yeah. thing you plus, guys all plus. consistently talk about, most of the guys I know who've played – is the complete opposite end of the spectrum when you guys are overthinking things. Some of the best stories any former baseball player talks about is when they get snapped out of it by a coach. You know, like 
you can't throw your fastball, and they just say something absolutely ridiculous to you, like in, uh, what is it, uh, candlesticks are always good. That That's a real thing that happens to you guys, right? You're on a yeah. mound, and you can't throw a strike, and your pitching coach comes out there and just says something absolutely ridiculous that has nothing to do with anything and walks away. Can you guys talk about that, both of you, for, like, how to get out of your own head when you're playing? Can you remember the craziest conversation you had from a from a uh, pitching coach? or a... I, I can from a catcher. <clears throat> I don't know catcher. if I can yeah, share yeah, it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. You can share it, dude. We I know the story. That's kind of um, go for it. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go for it. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. it out if it's real bad. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to put it as, yeah. as PG as I can here. <laughs> PG-13. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's been a couple. Mike Redman was always good. I think yeah, it comes yeah. from – first of all, you have, in order to do that, change. <clears throat> you have to have – there's got to be trust and there's got to yeah. be a relationship, right? Because if it comes from somebody who's who I don't trust, then I then it just kind of is just going to fly over your head or it's going to go right through you. You know, like Mike Redman would be great. Like he'd be stressing out, you know, like I can't throw strikes. Everything's going up. And he'd just be like, whoa, dude. I actually just came on here to talk about whether you wanted Bud Heavy or Bud Light after the game. <laughs> Boom. There, there it is. It snaps, right? It's gone. It's like, wait, what was, that? What was I stressing about? I, I think I might go Bud Heavy, yeah, you know? <laughs> Like, but like, this is okay. this is a good one, man. And this is this this is the God's honest truth. So, two thousand and ten, I start out the season as bad as you can start a season. I mean, my month of April, you could probably pull the numbers up if you look at my month of April in two thousand ten. I think I was one in three with a nine point five ERA oh in a month. Okay, and. I just don't get out of the first inning in Arizona, uh, end of April. And the reason I know this, that the, the numbers were so bad, because where my head started going was the next morning I was there and, you know, you, you have that to-go breakfast on getaway day. And sometimes then you got all the commodes or it's full house in the shitter, you know, <laughs> everybody's in there. So I'm in there and I'm reading the newspaper and I'm, I'm looking at the newspaper and the qualifiers bottom of the thing is me. I'm the last guy. You know, oh my like God. I'm, I'm a full page away from the league leader in ERA, oh you know? God. And so, so I, I needed to like, kind of just like this, I, I'm trying to get out of it. I couldn't, I couldn't snap out of this. And now we go to LA and I'm, I'm pitching. It's my birthday, May 3rd. I'm starting against the Dodgers, Dodgers stadium. My brother Travis is down. I go stay with Ted Lilly at his place out in Sherwood. And we're going to go play the par three course before the day of the start. Right. I just need to figure out something to get out of it. Right. Perfect. I got a fresh start. Everything's good. Here comes the game. Start the game. Raphael for a call comes up. Four pitches. Walk. Oh. Next hitter. Four pitches. Oh my walk. God, no way. So now I've walked eight guys or two. <clears throat> yeah, two guys and eight pitches. I'm just like, this is happening. Here comes Soto. Geo comes out to the mound, right? And I'm just like, I don't even want him there. I, I, I am completely lost. Like. This might be the time in my career where it's time to hang him up, you know? Like, I'm getting older. You know, like, I don't know what's going on. I can't get anybody out. And here comes Soto. And I'm, I'm thinking he's going to talk about the signs or whatever. And he goes, hey, you ever you ever get your wife to have, like, a multiple orgasms? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What are you, what? What? You know, Dodger Stadium, man. I got to get out of this. Oh, my God. And he goes, yeah, me neither. Hey, man. <laughs> First sign after last pitch. Let's go. <laughs> and then he just goes back behind home plate, dude. I get a double play ball. I get out of the inning. I get a, a double play ball. Andre Ethier. I get Matt Kemp to fly out or vice versa or something like that. And I get out. I go seven innings, give up one run. Oh, my Win gosh. the game, and I have an unbelievable rest of the year. Oh, my 
<laughs> it didn't take some genius. This is what we got to do to bear down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get this done. Lock it in. He's like, I got to go so far off the rails here. <laughs> I got to go so, so – he needs somewhere else. He doesn't need to be a Dodger Stadium <laughs> exactly. right now. Exactly. Oh, my you God. Know? That, that is so great. And it was just so great. He recognized it in the moment, and it just shows you, like, sometimes it's not – we get so caught up in it yeah. all. It's just about being in the right headspace, and he Gosh, put me in the right headspace. That is so great, man. <laughs> That's I just love about. how he said, by the way, he's just like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> and then just walked back. I didn't even answer the question. You know? <laughs> like, head scratching. What just happened there? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so great. So great. Awesome. So your time in Florida goes, um, man, I-, I loved those teams because there were some un- unbelievable oh. players, man. Like, just up and down, like we talked about, D. Lee and Luis Castillo and Gonzalez and Mikey Lowell, Cliff, Cliff, yeah. uh, Juan Pierre. Was Juan Pierre when Juan you were there? P- Juan Pierre was there for a little he bit. Was, yeah. He came up. Um, we had, like, Preston Wilson. Yeah, Mike and Redmond behind Mike the Redmond dish. Mike Redmond behind yeah. the dish. Um, you know, and then the staff. And, you know, we we were really lucky because we had Jim Leland as a manager our first year. Yeah. Really? Yes. Because he taught you guys how to be professionals. Yeah, he let us know that we weren't big leaguers. This is right. ninety eight or ninety eight or ninety nine. That's ninety eight. That was ninety eight. That was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. You know, because because when you come up like that and you have all of these guys, they traded away all the veteran influence. <laughs> right. We all thought we were big leaguers. Big leaguers yeah. You know, just because you're there. Yeah, we're there, man. We're getting the meal money from from the traveling secretary. Yeah. We're staying in the nice Four Seasons. Like we're well, actually with the Marlins, we're staying like the Red Lion, but. You know, <laughs> but but we're big leaguers, you know. Like, well, that's better than the Reds in 1998. We were taking commercial flights. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, excuse me, man. <laughs> like Mark shots like, honey, yeah, commercial flights. I remember like squeezing over this old lady sitting there, I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, can you move over? I'm at 21 B up in the middle seat. She's like, oh, hang on, are you guys a ball club? I was like, we're the Cincinnati Reds, man. We're we're the major baseball Cincinnati Reds. We're not like the freaking like we're not like the high school team from freaking down the street. Instead of know? a greyhound, you had a school bus picking yeah. you up. You know? <laughs> So at least you guys were staying at Red Line, and we were freaking flying Delta commercial flights with freaking. You know. Hey guys, five thirty a.m. Okay, don't miss the pickup time. Oh my God, it's you unbelievable! Know. It's unbelievable. But yeah, we we just we were all you know trying to find our way. Yeah, and and, and you know this is where I, why I have so much respect for him is we're playing in Houston, you know, and like I said, this poor guy wins a World Series, and now he's got to watch this, right? right. And he yeah. and he did, you know, like he just watched us go about our business you know he coached he did his stuff he right. had his conversations with with people he did those things he let his coaches do his thing but like it could have been very easy on a daily basis to yell at us about something yeah right you know we were always mm-hmm. messing up something you know whether that was just like joking around whether that was this thing <clears throat> so speaking of joking around so we're in the astrodome this is the beginning of august we're losing 16 to 4 and uh eric ludwig tells a joke on the bench and we all laugh and I laugh hard, you know, and there there's Leland down at the bottom of the dugout and, you know, sitting down there and, you yeah. know, you know, the Astrum cutting like how yeah. um, Riverfront was, you're on field level yeah. and he's just puffing on his schmag, you know, and he's just, he's got it tucked in his hand right here. And, and like, you know, if you imagine that we're down there and he just like takes this big giant pull off his cigarette and he looks at us as we're laughing and he stands up and he just throws it on the ground hard. And he squashes it out, oh. and I just remembered that. Yeah, oh my dude, god, I had that. I had that same look, dude. Oh my god, I'm like, boys, we're 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 in trouble. <clears throat> we're in trouble. Like you could kind of feel it coming, you know. Like, yeah, you could feel him getting more and more frustrated, and and so the game ends. We lose twenty to four, 
and they had those cafeteria doors, the oh, yeah, Astrodome, yeah, you know. Yeah, I remember. And and he wore spikes, I guess, because if we were bad enough, he was just going to put himself in the game. I don't really know what he was doing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you just hear this like, and boom, and here he comes. If I ever see another one of you pitchers laughing when we're getting our asses kicked, I'll have you out of here so fast your head will spin. You think I'm messing around? You think I'm messing around? You try me. Guys coming from eight ball with your five ERAs thinking you're big leaguers. You guys stink. Every single one of you stink with the exception of a few of you. And you know who you are, and I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about all you guys coming from A ball and double A. Look at me paying my clubhouse dues, driving around in my fancy Lexus, wearing my fancy Brooks Brothers suit, thinking you're a big leaguer. You ain't a pimple on a big leaguer's ass. You suck. You suck. Every one of you stink. And then he'd stop, right? He'd get all like, he'd get all like really sentimental with us. Like, guys, guys, listen. Do I wish I could be telling you something different? You're darn right. I'll lose. I'll lose. I'll go 0 and 162 with you, but not like that. Not laughing when we're getting our asses kicked. You're gonna learn to. You're gonna learn to respect this game, you know. And he just goes off, right? He'd leave. So then he leaves, right? And I'm like, and, and now I'm like, well, he's talking to me. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you're in your room, like, am I in this conversation? No, I am. I am part of the problem, you know. So <laughs> then I'm like, pictures yeah, and I'm like, sitting, five. and I'm sitting there next to Jay Powell, and and I go to get up, and Jay was on the World Series team with him, right? And I go to get up, and as I go to stand up, Jay's like, sit back down, he's he's coming, man. he's coming back. <laughs> I go, what do you what do you mean he's coming? And another thing, you know, here, here he comes through the doors again, right? <clears throat> Guys think you're big leaguers. You think you're big leaguers throwing that stuff out there on the field. You think that's a big league ball player? Well, I got news for you, boys. And trust me, guys, guys, I got to tell you this, guys. It hurts me more to tell you than it hurts for you to hear. You guys stink. Y'all stink. You know? So he leaves, right? Five times he did comes this. Back. He comes back. And it's getting shorter a couple times. Like sometimes he's leaving and you hear him come right back, you know? And this is the best ever dude. He goes, he goes I'm going to my office and I'm going to have a whiskey and I'm going to have a stogie. And if I come out in this locker room and there's anybody in here. I'm calling the cops and I'm having you arrested for impersonating a major league baseball player. <laughs> Dude, I, I think half the team didn't shower. Dude, just were like, I'll get changed back at the hotel. It's so great. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. Oh but he taught us. And to his credit, and I told him this, man, at the World Series in 2016, I told him that story. Mm -hmm. Just to remind him and LaRusson, I said, but we thank you because you went down that list, right? All of those guys played 10-plus years in the big leagues. Wow, wow. We all had careers, not jobs. We all had careers in the big right. leagues. We're all still in baseball. Half those guys work at MLB Network. Half those guys you know, are working for other teams. They're wow. in the game, and it's because <clears throat> of him. I really believe that moment right there just put us all in check to be like, mm. recognize who you are <clears throat> and what you're doing. And how can I be better? And I'll, I love him to death because yeah, of that, man. That I, was a big moment. For me, wow. too, I think still think he's one of the greatest managers I've ever had, one of the greatest managers i ever played the game. Hopefully Cooperstown recognizes that here soon. But I can only imagine to have a young team like you guys had and have Jim Leland, who had won the World Series, who had won three divisions with the Pirates, for you guys to have that at your first manager because, yeah. hey, man. You 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 don't know who you're gonna get. You're your yeah. first man to get a guy like Leland to have that influence on you guys. That's really really cool. Oh, dude, no doubt. Like really just cool. so so fortunate, <laughs> so lucky. You know, like you listen. You can work hard, right? You can, but you need some things to go your you way. Need some guidance too. And having him there for just the one year mm -hmm. meant the world to all of those guys because it really did just kind of like yeah. let us all know a little. Bit.
So now, so you oh, go ahead, okay, sorry. Go, go, ahead, go ahead, bro. Well, I was just going to kind of transition because now you're a wily veteran at 25 years old, and you wind up on a baseball team with this guy, right? Isn't that? That's of, yeah, yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, traded again. Yeah, traded to the Reds. Yeah, for uh, Juan Encarnacion, Wilton Carrero, and uh, wow, and and Ryan Snare. Wow, he's a minor league pitcher. Okay. Never, I don't know if he made it to the big leagues, but was it? Legit. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, wanted to be in the right fielder for the Marlins World Series team. So it worked out well for them. But yeah, you know, I, I, I get to the team with this guy. Right. So like now I get traded and I already knew a lot of these guys, you know, yeah. like because just playing against them, playing against the Reds and, um, you know, going you go out to the, have have a couple beers after the game and you bump into guys out or whatever it is. And um, I get over there and and after so 2002, we're, you know, it's still at the old ballpark and. They they had this tradition when you when you won. Oh, God, I forgot about this. They played celebrate by cool in the game, you know, <laughs> celebration, you know, yeah. celebrate good times. And so the game gets done, right? Everybody's having fun. The song's playing. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, right on. This is awesome, man. I love this energy. This is good. And here comes Case, right, doing this dance, right. <laughs> I can feel it in my arms. I can't move. <laughs> He's like, I can feel it in my legs. I can't walk. And he's doing this whole celebration dance. And I was just like, I already knew he was the greatest, you know. And then I'm just watching this. And I'm just like, this guy is a leader. Look at this. These guys are having so much fun. It didn't work out for us. It didn't work out. We lost like 95 games. Oh, my God. But it was, yeah, but it was such a great group of guys, man. And you guys were so welcoming to me and made me feel dude, so dude, so good there. You fit so – you as a person and as a teammate fit so well into the guys that we had here. And, you know, Donner and Kernsey and Griff and Lark and – Booney and – Booney and, and Gravy. Dimitri, yeah. yeah, Gravy. Yeah. I mean, there were so many good dudes on those teams and like god you, f- you fit right in although although i do have one bone to pick with you <clears throat> um Uh-oh. that I-, I remember the one time you know as a hairy human being you're always looking for the other hairy human beings so you're right. like oh you know there you got you know adam dunn you got oh, oh dempster the new guy he's freaking hairy too this, this is interesting you know so the- i remember the one day i remember the one day i come in the clubhouse and uh you came up to me bro like like it was like you found like a new toy you're like case Dude, I looked at your body. You, t- you took your shirt off. I was like, oh, my God. Dev looks like freaking he's going to go WWE wrestling. This guy's Jack Diesel. He doesn't have a freaking hair on his body. And you and I was like, Dev, what's going on? Like, go, Case. You come over and be like, bro, he's like, you got to go to this electrolysis place I just went to. It's unbelievable. This lady's unbelievable. <laughs> he goes, it's right by our apartment. You know, you got six sessions, bro. Six sessions. 1500 bucks. Boom, you're going to look like this. And I was like, that's unbelievable. Because I was starting to have the back hair creeping up, like, out of the shirt. You're like, yeah. your dad has. You're like, oh, what's going on with that back hair? My dad has. It's like creeping up. It's like a neck beard. You're like, what the hell is that? You know, so I'm like, all right, I got to. I'm at this time of my life. I got I to gotta start cleaning up a little bit. I'm 28, 29 years old. But look at Deb, man. He's so smooth and good looking with his body. So you give me the girl's number. Boom, I go down the next day. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm Sean Casey. You know, my buddy Ryan Dempster did a great job with him. He's, you know, Jack Diesel, real smooth, and no hair on his body. Can you do that to me? She's like, yeah, no problem. Six treatments, fifteen hundred bucks. I'm like, that's great. So that first day, you know, they, they, there's two ladies. You know, yeah. take your shirt off. I'm like, well, what do you want? I was like, you know what? I'm starting to get some arm hair right here. If you could just zap a little bit of that and get rid of that, and like the upper, the upper back would be great too. You know, just like you did to Dempster. She's like, no problem. So she starts, and you're like, all right. 
kind of hurts. Kind of hurts. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, this isn't as awesome as Demp, but just uh, Demp came to me. I had a higher threshold for pain, you know? <laughs> this case didn't have any tattoos. I had quite a few. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was like, it's the greatest thing ever. So she starts zapping me, and I'm like, hey, are you, like, hitting every follicle? Is this going to – how long is it going to take? He's like, about an hour. You know, I'm like, it feels like you'd, like, hit a hornet's nest or something. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> Zap, 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 zap. So she you know, gets me, but I come, I come in that day. I'm like, look, Demp, look at this, bro. It's freaking, I haven't seen my abs in, in freaking ages. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. At least I got two at the top. Look at the two at the top. Freaking no hair. <laughs> I you remember know? you were so excited. I was so excited, so right? Excited. So boom, a couple weeks go by. Dempy goes back a couple months. You know, you can see the hair coming back on Demp. Bambi comes back. He's smooth as a baby. <laughs> next thing you know, I'm like, I got to get my next one too. So I, I, I remember going to Lonnie Solo and I was like, Hey, you got any pain pills? <laughs> He's like, what's going on? Your shoulder bother you? I was like, no, I'm going for my second treatment of electrolysis. This shit hurts. I was like, you got any Percocet or anything like that? I've never taken a pain pill in my life. But I was like, I need something to take away the pain. So anyway, I go there, zap, zap, zap to get me. And I remember thinking I'd come back. You're like, case, how'd it go? I was like, good. it went good. But I remember I was losing. His energy level each time losing, went down, down right? Like, excitement to like, okay, I get it. So like, I, was like, I don't really know about this. Yeah, man. I was like, no, this is good. I was like, Two treatments, that's good. Like, that's going to get me over the hump. You know, I'm, I'm going to get to where I need to be, and, like, I'll, I'll be less hairy, right? So I'm like, all right, cool. So anyway, uh, Lonnie Soloff was the other guy, too. Remember the trainer? We're like, Lonnie, we'll pay for you to go because you're the trainer. You can't afford 1500 bucks. You got. So so anyway, a couple years later, I take a look at my body one day in the mirror. I was like, you know, just get out of the shower, rub myself off. I'm like, dear God. I've never seen this hair, this, this hair on my body. It's freaking connecting my arm. It's like one big beard on my body. I'm like, I've never been this hair in my life. I look like Chewbacca. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, is Han Solo in the other room? What the hell's going on here? Got to kid me. Right, like, you know? So I remember calling this lady. I'm like, hey, I'm like, something's not right here. I'm like, hey, a couple of years ago, you know, Demp's now with the Cubs, but, you know, Ryan Demp's, you know, introduced me to you, give me six treatments. I gave you 1,500 bucks looking to get a little a little less hairy because, you know, things are going the wrong way. And I'm hairier than I've ever been. I got hair on my arms that I didn't used to have. She's like, well, what happened? I go, well, I went to two – how many treatments did you do? And I got two treatments. She goes, oh, no. She's like, you need to do all six. She's like, the first two treatments at the hair activation stage. <laughs> She's like, we all activate- you did was – you just promoted the hair oh, growth. Dude, I promoted She goes, we activate every follicle in your body. And then on four, it starts to grow out. And on six, it's gone forever. So the first two just activate every follicle in your body. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I paid you 1500 bucks to get freaking hairy. I'm going to kill them. He's in Chicago now. I want to punch him in the face. So when people are wondering what we do after team, this is the kind of stuff that we're doing. That was the most detailed story we've told in 22 episodes, by the way, and it was unbelievable. I can't even breathe right now. Oh it was unbelievable. So I'm hairy because of this guy. Like this You're guy. welcome. You never went That's back. Yeah. 18, 18 hey, years ago, I got hairy. Wintertime, it gets chilly. Now you got a full sweater. You're yeah. good. I'm here in Pittsburgh. I go outside. I go take walks. And like, like it's no snowing. shirt on. No shirt on. I'm just like, isn't this how God intended it? It's just we're the freaking caribou. I'm going to go hunting with my hands. Look how hairy I am. Unbelievable. Dude, one other unbelievable story with Demp when he was with the Reds. Can you tell us the story? So so Gapper is oh my Ga- God, Gapper man. is the is the mascot for the Reds. You know, full you know, yeah. he's got this big furry head. You know, yeah. can you tell us your Gapper story? Because this is this is great. Yeah, so um I, I was leaving the, the the locker room in Cincinnati at the new ballpark there at Great American Small Park, and 
So I'm walking <laughs> out. And American as, small park. As you walk out, you, you can bang a left down the dugout and the cage area and then the dugout, or there's a right entrance to the <laughs> – and then straight across is uh, like a auxiliary locker room, and the door was open. And I see Gapper's head sitting there, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. Let me go say hi to Gapper. And I walk in, and there's Gapper's full uni, you know, <laughs> but no Gapper. Um, and so I'm like, you know, like. Are, are you on the DL at the time? No. 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 <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually, it was July 4th. Oh, my God. How about that, too, at that? And, uh, and so a light bulb <clears throat> goes off in my head, you know. I'm like, here we go. So I just throw it all on, and I just leave, you know. And then I just go out to the stands and like, you know how hard it is, by the way, to like see what that thing, you got to look up because otherwise Gapper's looking at the ground. So you have to look up. Well, you don't realize, by the way, how much those guys hustle during the game. Like they, cause they're in on everybody. All the kids want a pitcher, you know, and I'm not, I'm knocking over four year olds all over the place because I can't see them. And then, and then I'm on top of the dugout and I'm dancing, you know, and I'm like sitting there and like, I'm kind of messing with a couple of the guys cases out playing first base, you know, and I'm just sitting there like, like I'm the chicken, like, like this is the minor leagues and that's okay with the umpires, you know, it's like not supposed to be on top of the dugout. So then like, but then what happened was I had left tickets for four of my buddies who were in town um, and they were, and they were kind of not in the uh, founders club behind, but section up, but right behind home plate. So I'm like, I'm going to go find these guys and I'm going to go take a picture with them and mess with them, you know? And so I got now at this point, now they know it's me, the person that's, you know, the handler of Gapper knows it's me and all this kind of stuff. And so they're helping me out and I'm, I'm playing the part. And now I get, I get behind home plate and I'm like up in the stands and, and I'm looking, but it's, I'm like looking, you know, trying to find these guys. And all of a sudden I hear, Hey, let's get a picture with Gapper. And I'm like, there they are. It was my buddy saying let's get a picture with gapper so shawnee's saying this so now i go over there right and uh, they're like gapper what's up and i'm like i'm high-fiving them i'm messing their hair up i'm pouring their popcorn out on them you know and then like i'm like sitting there like you know we're taking pictures i'm sliding my hand down i'm putting it on his butt you know like i'm just like <laughs> and he's like hey gapper a little easy okay i don't know you that well you know like and we're just like having this blast i take a picture and they're like high-fiving and i'm like you know like doing all this stuff you know, then I make it all the way back to the clubhouse, right? So now it's I've been in this thing for five innings. Just, just it's unbelievable. It's a hundred degrees oh my out. God. Like I've like three times I've almost thrown up inside of this thing. I'm just like <laughs> holding it back. And I walk into the players' lounge and, and Kent Merker and Gabe White had already pitched that game and they're both having cigarettes. And they're sitting there on the couch just like this. And and I walk in and you just see them look like you know. Like, why is Gapper in our player lounge right now? And I just kind of, like, take the head, and I'm just like, you know, like, I'm the mass singer, you know? And I just, like, pull it off, and I'm like, man, it is hot out there. And they're just like, dude, how long have you been in that? And I'm like, since the second the top of the eight, I've been out here for so then on the car ride home afterwards, this is the best that I'm leaving. I'm driving up to, up to Montgomery where my house is yeah, yeah. with my buddies and my one buddy's sitting there and I'm like, how was the game? Right. And I'm like, they're like, good, good. And I'm like, what'd you guys think of Gapper? And they, go, and they, your ass. And they all go, I knew you had a mess with us. I told you, I told you you had a mess with us. And they're all going and I go, no, that was actually me. Oh my and from the God. back, my buddy goes, I win. Uh, no way! Wait, yeah, like, he's like that was Dev. That was Dev. He was the one guy who said no. That's Ryan. 
you know, that's Ryan. That's so, so great. Oh things God. things oh you get to do, God. man. You get so to be the mascot great. for a day. Really I'll take great. that. <laughs> so you go to the Cubs from the from the Reds because they yeah. they made a great decision by getting rid of you. Yeah. That worked out great for the Reds. I mean, we had if you look at my numbers, it wasn't that bad. Well, decision, you know what? Right? They, at least they got to look forward and say, well, this guy has a track record. And yeah. He's coming off an injury. He's probably yep. going to be legit when he goes to the Cubs and be one of their best closers ever and, you know, go back to the All-Star game. So that was a good move by the Reds. What? worked that well anyway you went to the you went to the cubs yeah as a reliever right yeah sort of yeah so how did how did that work out that you the evolution of ryan dempster the closer now yeah so what happened was i, I had my tommy john surgery i signed with the cubs on a one-year deal with a team option so they paid me the league minimum i get to rehab with the team the whole time and then they had an option if i was healthy and so i, I was healthy i was coming back from my tommy john it was like July. I I'd been making. I almost made the Midwest League All Star team. I'd made many, so many starts for the Lansing Lugnuts, <laughs> you know. And uh, true story, Jim Henry actually made a fake press release saying that I did make the Midwest League All Star team. Just <laughs> funny. funny. Um, but so then now we had Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood, Carlos Sombrano, Matt Clement, and Greg Maddox. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, studs. Like our rotation was killing it. Yeah. So there was really no place for me. But I was healthy, so I called Jim and Dusty, and I said, "Why don't I just pitch out a relief?" And they were both like, "You would do that, you know?" Because coming off Tommy John, and and I was like, "Yeah, like I feel great." What? So I went to Iowa, I had a couple of relief appearances, felt good, went to the bullpen, finished the year in the bullpen in 04. 05 comes, they put me back in the starting rotation, and I made six starts. I had like kind of mixed, you know, a little bit of this, a little right. bit of that, kind of like as you would expect coming off Tommy John, um, and then. We were struggling in the closers role. Like Latroy was struggling. Um, Joe Browski wasn't in there anymore. And so they said, Hey, would you go down and close? So I said, Sure. Yeah, whatever you need to do to help the team. And um, and it was just like a, a magical year of closing. <sighs> wow. I blew, I, I went 33 of 35. Yeah. I remember the only that. two saves I blew, I won the game. So, like, literally for the rest of the season, I, I did not pitch Dominant. in a loss. Wow. It was, it was nuts. And September, <laughs> I think I had 13 scoreless innings in September. I, you know, it was just like, and then I ended up getting a three-year deal to be the closer. And, um, you know, Jim Henry was just awesome, like took care of me, you know, as far as like, you know, escalators in the contract, if I went back to starting and all these kind of things. And they were just behind it. And then 06 was a little bit tough. 07 was a good year again. Lou's first year managing. Uh -huh. um, and then got to, this was, was great too. So 2007, I I, I pitched in, in uh, Shea Stadium. <clears throat> and uh, I, I actually did pretty – I think it was 28 for 31 and saves, two blown saves both against the Mets, one of them there. And so I, I pitch against the Mets. I blow the save. And and Lou calls me up on the on the plane, you know. So I walk down. And I sit down. I said, what's up, Skip? He says, hey, hey son, you, you like pitching, huh? And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you see me hit, but <laughs> it's not really – He goes, no, no, that's not what I mean, man. I mean, like, you, you, don't, you know, you, you're, not a, you're not a thrower. You like to pitch. I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been a starter my whole life, you know, I just, the clothing thing is kind of new, you know, just last two years, and he's like, tell you what, need a closer this weekend, and I'm going to put you back on the rotation, so I was like, sweet, you know, so I closed that weekend against the White Sox. So you wanted to go back in the rotation? Oh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't love closing. Yeah. Being a closer, and being a closer for the Cubs, especially not winning in 100 years, that's like being a kicker for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, you <laughs> You beat like 40 field goals in a row, but you miss one, they want a new kicker. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, see, uh, this, guy sucks. this guy sucks. You know, yeah. I know he's booted 50 over 60 yards, but he missed the game winner, so he need a new one, you know. 
Um, so that's kind of how it felt. So I just didn't really enjoy it a whole lot, mm -hmm. you know. And, and plus, I just I love starting. And really quick, yeah. before we go to your start, can you talk about what was the difference of your mentality as a closer? Was it a two pitch mix? Was it fastball slider? Did yeah. you did you use your change up at all, or like or? I did, but that was the best piece of advice I got from Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman, I just you know I knew him, so I kind of picked his brain. Yeah about closing and uh i you know he was with the brewers and i just said what you know what some things i could do he said just get two pitches going don't worry about getting three pitches you're a closer you need two if you get to three cool but like make sure you get your fastball command down and get one of your two off-speed pitches working so that was like the biggest thing because you might that day you might not have a split or you might not have a slider you might have to go a different kind of route so just having having that mentality was the biggest difference oh, wow yeah just knowing that, that's a good know? guy to pick yeah. his brain yeah, and he, and he said, and run 20 minutes every day when you get here. And so wow. I did that too. Yeah, that was like he, he would do that. You'd always see him early on running around the, the infield. He'd always do all Just to get your legs under you? Legs and flush everything <laughs> out of your arm. Get yourself nice and loose for the day. Wow. You know, he's like, if you're tired, you, anybody, well, you got to pitch that night. Well, I got to pitch nine hours from now. Right. right you know, right, right, right. I'm a professional athlete. I think I should be able to <laughs> 20 minute jog. 20 minute jog, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so then, you know, Lou, Lou says, I'm going to close. And so then I finished, you know, and I'm all pumped, right? Sunday hits. We, right. we, we just played the, the, um, White Sox won the game. I'm like, right on. Hey, Lou wants to see, I'm like, yeah, I bet he does. You know, I'm going to see, yeah. my, <laughs> see what my plan is going forward here. And as I walk in, I see Jim Henry and Randy Bush, who was the assistant general manager. I'm like, oh boy. You know, when you just know, and the, like, they weren't smiling. Right, right, you know? right, right. And Lou just goes, you know what, son? I, I got a little ahead of myself. I realized that if I put you in the starting rotation, we have nobody to close. So, <laughs> oh, my God. He goes, but I tell you what, I promise you I'll put you in start next year. You come to spring training as a starter. So so then I close out the rest of the year. Um, yeah. And then next year he gave me a shot at the starting rotation. And, and you go I, to the All-Star game, I had right? the best year of my career. Right. Man. I, I worked my heart. I worked so hard that offseason that I, I part of me has guilt that I didn't work that hard. The rest of the years of my career, mm -hmm. like I worked hard, but right, that off season right. it was because I knew going back to starting to go from three straight years of less than a hundred innings to wanting to throw two hundred innings, I needed my leg and my body as strong as possible. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so you finish up to you go a few more years with the Cubs. Obviously, you spent most of your career with the club, the Cubs, and that that it's obviously you live in Chicago now. Yeah. I work for Marquee Network. What was obviously an unbelievable. Uh, time for you. I can only imagine Wrigley Field being your. What, what was that like playing? It? What was that like awesome. uh, playing in front of those fans as you know the as the the closer, the starter, you know, a, a fan favorite. What was that like? Yeah, it's it's really just a unique, special place. It's amazing, right? Because it's like nowhere else in the league. Not even Fenway is like that because you know you have a you know four streets that are lined with bars, restaurants. Yeah. It's like this. It's like a monopoly board. Right. You know, yeah. Which the Ricketts are winning Monopoly. <laughs> you know, they own, they own like Boardwalk and Park Place as well as Baltic Mediterranean too. So, um, and then free parking. Right yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Every, everywhere. That's, yeah. So yeah. yes, but like you know, it's just this like unique, special place. And I always live like pretty much walking distance to the field. Right. So a lot of times, like ninety percent of the games, I was either walking or riding my bike to. Yeah. So you just got this real sense of community. You know, stopping by somebody's front stoop while they're playing a game of cornhole and. Being like, hey, man, have a cold beer with them or, you know, stopping yeah. over at Bernie's after a game, you know, going to these different places. And 
so I did get to really be a part of the community. I am a part of the community around there. And yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Like at first, you know, you go to the Starbucks and then you leave and, you know, the people I knew that were at Starbucks, they'd laugh, right? Because people would be like, is that, is that wrong? <laughs> is that company? Like, yeah, you just like in here every day. It's a venti iced coffee, you know? Like, you know, so you you do get to just be a part of it all and it becomes your neighborhood. And it's so unique and so special. And um, they're, they're amazing fans, you know, like they show up. You know, win or lose, they um, it's an experience. It's it not just a it's not yeah. just a baseball game. You know, it really is an experience to go to it. And those bleachers, you know, that's the first thing I did when I retired was went back and went to a game and sat in the bleachers. So cool. you know, I wanted to do it in uniform as a player. I just like I was so close so many times. I can see you being the. One I did go up that. to a suite during a game in my uniform because yeah. Chesney, was, Kenny Chesney was oh, up in the suite, and I was like. I'm gonna, gonna go hi. surprise him. Yeah, <laughs> he returned the favor by letting me come out and sing with him at Soldier Field, but. You know, um, but like, yeah, just that it's so awesome when the Ivy comes in, you know, from from May 15th till September 15th at Wrigley Field with the Ivy on the wall and all that. It's it's, it's incredible. As a visiting player all those years, I was like, this is unbelievable. I can't imagine playing 81 games here in front of these fans and how awesome they are. And as a visiting player, by the way, you know this story, right? Coming into coming into Wrigley. So I'm with the Cubs. This is 2004. And we got three games. We're, we're like a, a game out of the wild card. We got three yeah. games with the Reds, three games with the Braves, right? Four games with the Reds, seven games, four games with yes. the Reds, three games with the Braves. Yep. And these guys stink, right? Like the Reds <laughs> just stink. And all we got to do is we just had this terrible series in in uh, New York. Let's just get over it. Let's get going. So we lose three of four to the Reds to basically eliminate us. Like yeah. all, we had to sweep the Reds and who we were chasing had to win or lose all three. So like – we weren't officially eliminated, but they eliminated, were eliminated us. Yeah, yeah, we were eliminated. So that, now, was our, that was our World Series. Yeah, that was, and, and they were just like over there, like they won the World. Series. I'm surprised you guys didn't spray champagne. <laughs> I think we might, we might have, we might been spraying beers on the bus. So now, now the bus leaves, right? And the bus is going down Addison. And there's this bar Guthrie's that's like just off of Addison, just as you kind of get going, packed with Cubs fans. Right? This knucklehead thinks it's a good idea. <laughs> to get off the bus, have, have the bus driver pull over, by the way. Because oh, that's not a, like a, hey, bring attention we to We were in traffic, yeah. bro. We were in traffic. Yeah. We were in 5 o'clock Snail, traffic on a Snail pace. Snail pace. And Case walks in. To, and I heard the story from my people other than you. Oh, oh, did, yeah, you oh really? yeah. did you really? And, and Case walks into Guthrie's. You know, Chicago Cubs staple bar. Everybody in there drowning their sorrows. Gets about 10 feet in the bar. He says, hey, Cubs fans. Wait till next year. You guys can suck it. <laughs> and he's going out of there. His people start chasing him to the point where he's like, you got to close it. He's like jumping into the bus. I was bus. like, open the door. Yeah. I, went, I said, hey, Cup fans. And like the record stopped. Everyone looks at me. Guys are crushing some beers, wings. I'm like, I'm full suit, you know. I'm like, Cincinnati Reds just kicked your ass. Like they say in Chicago, better luck next season. And then I thought it was funny until the freaking couple of Cub fans are probably crushing pops all day long. We're like, kill him. Like, <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Just freaking start running. Dive onto the bus. Cub fans come out. They start pounding on the bus. The whole, like, Dunner, Griffey, Larkin, like, every Ryan Frill, all these, Jason Lou were all on the bus, like, and they're like, come on out here. Was that Sean Casey? They're like, you have to come take a picture. I'm like, I'm not coming out there for a picture. I'm getting the hell out of here. What are you? No, no chance. You're a legend and uh, they know about it. Everybody I can't. Knows so you heard it. that? I've from, heard that story, yeah. Wow. From I heard like, it 
from from the guy at Guthrie's who told oh me about it. I've, I've heard that story. I've heard. Oh my god! Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's Cubs that fans. See the passion. Yeah, the passion. The passion. Oh my god! Yeah, you know? they were they were pissed. They oh were pissed. yeah, there was a lot. You know, I mean, every team has a bad decade. Yeah. You <laughs> just have to have a bad century. You know. So you leave Chicago, go to Texas for a blip, but then you end up in Boston, 2013. Yeah. And you win the world championship. And yeah. obviously, you know, 16 years in the big leagues. I played 12. I got to the World Series, lost with, with Leland, but still one of greatest, my greatest memories ever in six. But to win it. Yeah. Like, what did that mean to you? And, and I know for you, right, you were thinking about this might be your last year. Yeah, it, I was. I was thinking about that. You know, I was going through a divorce and time right. away from my kids. It was a lot. Um, and just seeing how the season was going, I remember sitting at the uh, at the airport um, in Oakland at the All Star break, getting ready to head out for the All Star break. Me and Kelly were there with Matt Thornton, who came over from the White Sox, and we, we kind of talked about it. And he looked at me and he's like, "You really going to retire?" And I said, "Yeah." Like I I was dealing with neck issues, right? You know, there was like physical stuff going on, and it was just like I'm going to continue to have to grind through all this. Probably take another cortisone shot in there or two, and just. There was just a lot, and then on top of it, to be away from my family. And I was like, yeah. I said to him flat out, I said, well, we're winning the World Series. So what better way to, like, go home? Like, that'll be a good way to cap it all off. And and he, I just remember he's like, we really are, aren't we? Because we talked about it openly so much. I'd never – I'd been around teams that are confident. Right. But we, we willed it into existence. Like, between – it was a combination of things, right? Like, we talked that way, like Johnny Gomes at the beginning of spring training, right? Right. How you doing today, Johnny? I'll never forget it. Right out in front of the doors that go to the training room. Another day closer to the parade, Ryan. Uh, really? And I was like, that's where we're going? And he's like, yep. And I was like, all right. Jake Peavy gets traded over with Matt Thornton. Peavy wow. walks in the locker room. Hasn't been in the locker room for 10 seconds. Pick out your duck boat yet? <laughs> and he's like, what? You know, I think Johnny said that. And then Pedroia's like, your duck boat for the parade. Cool. And then he sits down next to me at my locker, right? Because we, we were next to each other. And he's like, hey, damn. They serious, man? <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're dead serious, dude. You know, and it was like, and which, which, by the way, PB ended up later buying his duck boat from the parade. Right. Yeah, we, and then on top of it, you know, we had this tragic, horrible moment in mm. Boston on April fifteenth. Oh. It was devastating, right? Um, the bombings the, during the marathon. Mm. Uh, I started that day against Tampa Bay. It was, oh, wow. it was, I pitched that day. And I just remember, you know, getting into the, we didn't know anything yet. You know, Twitter was just kind of getting going. Um, and we got on the bus and we always had that police escort that takes us on the, all the bike cops take us to the airport. Yeah. And all of a sudden we were just sitting at a light and we'd heard about this bombing, but nobody knew the magnet. We didn't know if it was a bomb inside of a, you know, nobody knew what it was. We didn't have any visuals. There was no, no news outlet for us to tell suspected other bombers. Kelly's calling me going, what do I do? I said, you get on a plane and get out of here because we're getting out of here. Yeah. And all these cops just left gone we got to the airplane and i've never in my big league career to this day i promise you nobody's gotten on a plane faster it was like they were just chucking our bags because we didn't know what was going on wow and so then we went to cleveland we all went to a big team dinner that night we played well in cleveland i think we swept the indians and we came home they canceled that game and uh and then we played the next day they canceled the friday game we played the next day and the not, you know, and then Big Poppy comes Big out Poppy, there. Yeah. But but leading up to Big Poppy, to me, and and another thing that Johnny said was, in our locker room that day, you know, they caught the guy on Friday night, and and uh, you had, you know, the governor, the mayor, the head of the Secret Service, the head of the CIA, 
countless amounts of police officers, first responders, firefighters, Navy SEALs, like special forces, all every all of these people were in our locker room. Right. Like it was like you, it was like after a World Series celebration. Yeah. And I remember Johnny <laughs> looking at and we were looking at each other and he's like, how do we lose? We can't look at when you have this much support around you and these this many people around you that have your back. It's impossible. We can't lose. We got too many people in our corner. And so the rest of the it was like we knew we were good and we talked about being good, but we had such an amazing, um, unbelievable support system. And in turn, we gave that to them. It was like just this. It was this symbiotic, beautiful relationship mm. between a city and its fans, <clears throat> its first responders, its authorities, and the players. And it was like we were winning for them. They were cheering us. At times we were out, they they lifted us up. It was it was amazing, man. Wow. And then just the whole journey along the way, the Nava home run. Yeah. And it was like, see, and Big Poppy's speech, and he goes out there and drops <clears throat> that, not knowing really what he was going to say, you know. And anytime you give David a microphone, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 This is, gonna, this is yeah. gonna be rated R. And it was like, and it was so passionate and real and raw and and from the heart, genuinely like unprepared. And it was as real a moment as you could get. And it was just amazing. And then and then just kind of started happening, you know, like things that were happening throughout the season was right. like just kept reaffirming it, you know, and driving it home. And then, you know, the playoff series in Tampa and then the home run that Poppy hits, you know, you know, and like, you know, you think about it all these first responders, all these police officers putting their, you know, uh-huh. life on the line to try and catch these guys and Poppy hits that home run and what's the image? A police officer holding his arms up wow. and, you know? Wow. It was just, yeah. it was amazing, man. And then, yeah. you know, like, wow. I, did, I just remember before game six of the World Series, I, I, I knew that I was going <laughs> to, there was a real good chance I knew I was going to retire. I didn't know, but I knew, you know? Hmm. And um, John Farrell's going around doing his laps with everybody. Who's available? What do you want to do? Are you available? Are you good? You good? You feel good? Right. And I just said to him, and I punched out Matt Adams to end game one of the World Series. So in my head, I'm like, that'd be the last hitter I ever faced in the big race. Right. And I said to him, I said, hey, Skip, we're going to win today. So I just want you to know that like, if we're winning by a bunch of runs, don't feel like you need to get me in an inning just to get me in. Like, just do your thing, but I'm, I'm good. So let's pop some champagne after you. Yeah. And we did. And wow. it was just, yeah. And then you walk out of the stadium, you know, and you see, you know. You saw me. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> well, that was on, oh, wait, on the field. This. Hold on. Like, and like, you know, like you win something like that. This yeah. is it, right? This is it. Uh-huh. You and we got that picture right there. One of my favorite pictures so awesome. ever. By the way, I've covered ever. I've covered I don't know twenty World Series. That was about as much of a party that didn't leave the stadium as anywhere. We're, we're, the uh, the band was there. The uh, the Boston guys. Drop, 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 I was in the drop, box. Drop, we had them on drop, the show. I was doing. Yeah, you guys. My brother went, You guys were mother. so fired up. It was so cool. Yeah, that we didn't awesome. want to leave. It was like yeah, we didn't want anybody to leave. Yeah. That's know, the like, greatest thing about Boston. If you can win it in Boston, I was there in 2008. We lost in the ALCS, but those fans were like as passionate as I've ever seen. It's like life or death there. So for you guys to win it and deliver the championship trophy, you know, w- w- must have been unbelievable. Can you take just take us back to Big Poppy in that series? Yeah, I mean it was it was uh, it was like I, I think he hit 700 or it's uh, uh, yeah the, it was over, 670 over, yeah, something 670. ridiculous yeah. 
Everything. I what mean, was he like in the club? Was there anything he was doing? I mean, no. It was unbelievable, dude. No, I think he just, like, you know, sometimes you just find that zone. Yeah. He just found it at the best time possible. Oh, my gosh. And it was, it was amazing, too, because people were like, well, why did they even pitch to him? They walked him a ton, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like everything they threw, he hammered. Yeah. And it was like, I think he made maybe one or two soft outs. Like, yeah. it was like he was just hammering the baseball. He was, you know, and then and then on top of it behind him, so the Napoli was hitting. So yeah. then if they walked it, like you couldn't walk him because the guy behind him was hitting, you know, yeah. like he was just so locked in. And I think like after that speech that he gave, you know, and I know it was like so much earlier in the season, but it elevated his status of how we already felt about him. Mm. It's like he took that on himself, like he took on that right leadership role. And then and then so when when he was going started to go well, it was like Oh yeah, here, oh, here he goes, yeah. you know. So then everybody's telling him how good he is, and when you're going good, and everybody's telling you, you just get just go better. Oh, it was just like this, <laughs> just this perfect like, yeah. you know, forces of nature's meeting in every direction. You know, yeah. he had the mental aspect going, he had the physical aspect going. He was hitting good pitches, bad pitches, it didn't matter, you know. And like after we got by Detroit, it was like you know, you couldn't stop us. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you just you couldn't. We were just a freight train, man. Like. Yeah. It didn't matter what, like, and I, I just knew we were going to win. And he was just, and then he holds that meeting in the dugout, which I was out in the bullpen when it happened. But, you know, talking about it afterwards with guys, like, you know, he just, he just said the right things all year. He led by example. He was dealing with all that foot stuff too. And he just yeah. kept going out there and, and yeah, man, we just had everybody contributed in God. big ways. Koji <clears throat> was next level, ridiculously good, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was like if a guy was going to – it's like he knew the cheat code to a video game. <laughs> you know, honestly, he was like, oh, he's taking here. Four-seamer 88 right down the middle. Oh, you're going to swing, split in the dirt. Like for months. It right, was right. just like, you know, it was crazy. Oh, so, wow. you know, and the the every little thing's going to be all right with Victorino. Oh, yeah. That bird was so song. cool. That was so we, cool. You know, we always talked about it. We always talked about the three Fs, fielding, fundamentals, and four-run homers. <laughs> <laughs> They worked. Yeah. That's so good. That's you do so the, good. You do those three things. You field the ball. Oh you God. fundamentally play good, and you hit four run homers. You're gonna be a lot of people. <laughs> awesome. So good. So you get you get the championship. Damn, 2013. You walk away. 16 years. You know, we all the way back to getting drafted by the Rangers. 2019. You get you get elected into the um, the Canadian Hall of Fame. Yeah. I want to. I want to go really quick to one guy who just got elected, inducted into Cooperstown, Larry Walker. He seems like, you know, him and Fergie Jenkins are probably, you know, the two big Canadians. Did Larry Walker have an influence on you guys as kids growing up when you're watching this guy, you know, playing up there in the big leagues? Yeah, absolutely. Because he was he was the guy. Like, Fergie, I never saw Fergie play. Right, right, right. You know, right, like right. by the time Fergie was done playing, I was just getting into watching baseball. So, um, but I knew of him, you know, other guys along the way, you, yeah. you know, you'd have these guys like, you know, Paul Spaljeric or yeah. Real Cormier, you'd have different guys, you know, that were Canadian baseball players that were in there yeah. that you, but like, no, there wasn't like the guy, right. you know, Larry was the guy, was the guy. he was the guy. And so it's like, not only was he a Canadian playing baseball. He was a Canadian playing baseball, winning the MVP, right. dominating the league, doing all asset all facets of the game. So, and he came from Maple Ridge, which was you know not far from where I was. So it was oh, like wow. it was like it was like very it made it more real. Mm-hmm. Wow. It didn't make it this dream, and so he would he just really really drove home that narrative of you could you know and and then having a chance to face him in Colorado, and which he didn't treat me very nice. <laughs> 
Backdoor deep. Backdoor slider, three run homer, first at bat. Then he, then he another hit. So then I finally just drilled him right in the butt. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I'm like, if you're just gonna keep hitting homers and think like I'm just this like young Canadian kid just looking up to you and I'm just gonna keep pumping you strikes, it's gonna be a different story. Happen, yeah. yeah. So Well, I was um, lucky enough, yeah. by the way, to help a very big moment in, in Larry Walker's career and, and, and yours too, Ryan, getting a chance to be with him the day after he made it to the uh Hall of Fame and I was able to take a picture for you guys. Right? Yeah, it was a this? great picture. Do you have a copy of it? Because it is I, I really do. good. Here, here it is. <laughs> Go to our YouTube page. This actually is, this is no joke. You <laughs> can explain. <laughs> That's so bad, Chinch. Like, yeah. what happened, bro? That's like total drop the ball I right was there. running around, and Jeter was there, too. So, you know, Harold and the rest of the country was swarming around chasing Jeter across the field. And I was like, oh, I got to go. Do you have to respect the Canadians? Say, get it, saying, the yeah, the Canadians just want one good picture with Dempster yeah. Walker. We get a freaking, <laughs> I looks fixed like it, a though. Here, like, look, case, I fixed it. I fixed it, Case. Look, that's better, right? <laughs> there you go. Anyway. That's um, so good. Yeah. So you going into the Canadian Hall of Fame, what, what – come on, man. Like yeah. all those ferry rides, all those times, mm. 20 bucks to your mom, you know, st- yeah. staying with buddies. Like 2019, you're in the Canadian Hall of Fame. Like, Yeah. A- incredible. You know, humbling, like writing a speech for that, right? Like mm. I'm never short of words, but I was there. It was really hard. It was hard to write it didn't know what I wanted to say. I think the biggest message that my speech was, was how thankful I was for everybody. Mm. Like, you know, I talked about my mom giving me, you know, money, but like, you know, people in our community that had money, we didn't have a lot of money. I need to go travel to go play baseball. Here's a thousand bucks. Wow. Here's a thousand bucks. You know, the support system that I had, like I said, the teachers, like I was just so thankful coaches that I had along the way that, you know, able to get me there. And, and, and I think, you know, you know, when you grow up, you dream of being, being a baseball player, right? right. Like we had that dream. And then, you don't, I don't, I never thought I'm going to make a hall of fame, any hall of fame, not even my high school hall of fame. I never thought that. So then, you know, to get inducted into the Canadian baseball hall of fame, um, and, and then to be there and have Fergie Jenkins be the, wow. you know, the person who puts the jacket on you and wow. presents you with getting into the hall of fame. It was, it was incredible, man. It was emotional. It was, uh, yeah, it was. And, and two, it was like, you know, I was very proud of myself. You know, because it was like, like you talk about all those ferry rides. I was proud for my parents, you know, because they committed a lot of stuff and to be able to have all that. And then to get in there with all these great people to go in with Rob Thompson, you know, the Yankees, actually, he's now the Phillies bench coach with Jason Bay, with Gord Ash, a great collection of people to go in with. And you're looking around the room, you see Pat Gillick sitting right in front of you, staring you down. So um, it was just so great. I had to let Fergie know, too, because, you know, Fergie holds every record in the books. Right. You know, it's like you name it. But I got his ass and walked <laughs> hit by pitches, and nobody gave up more grand slams in Canadian baseball history than me. So, That's hey, awesome. Fergie, man, you might have been great, but you couldn't hold my jock at those ones. So, oh, my yeah. God, so great. Yeah. So no, it great. was it was incredibly special. I mean, it's there forever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And St. Mary's is this beautiful town outside of Toronto, and they do such a great job there. It's Canadian's, Canada's version of Cooperstown, yeah. and That's it's awesome. a really, really special place. That is so awesome, man. Wow. It to to it's so funny us being friends all these years then when you when you go to look at your buddies you know numbers and the accolades and what they've done you're like oh my god it's like so (laughs) really cool to kind of go down memory lane with you and see all that we we do the thing at the at the mayor's office on the the last thing change we got this thing called nine and ninety all right and uh 
And uh, go ahead, Chinch, take it away. Oh, I'm going to roll the animation. Let's see if it works. What do you think? Yeah. I think it worked. Did it work? You there it is. There it is. Now? Shout out to Telestream, our new little uh, system we got here. All right. This is how it works, Demp. Are you ready for this? Right. I'm very excited. You are two of the funnier, best people I know, so I'm excited to do this. Basically, what's going to happen is I'm going to ask Sean a question. You just pick it up right after. It's this or that type questions. Okay? Nine questions. Okay. We're going nine innings, 90 seconds. You got it. Case, I'm going to start with you. You ready? Would you yep. rather have just one nipple or two belly buttons? Uh, I think two belly buttons would be a little bit better okay. than one nipple. Ryan? I'd go one nipple because I actually have a little bit of a third nipple. I've never really discussed that. It's, it's well, it's not even that it's a third nipple. My one nipple split in two a little bit, so it okay. looks like it sometimes. So I'd take one for a change. This is why this is off to a good start. I'm glad we have you here. Okay, second one, Sean. What's a worse feeling, being embarrassed or being afraid? I think being embarrassed is worse. You know, when you get thrown off from left field, it's embarrassing. I I would agree with Sean. I'd much rather be embarrassed than, than afraid. Being afraid. Being, I can being get afraid, over being I can, afraid. Yeah. I can get over being afraid. Yeah, I'll be jump off that cliff. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, you can't get embarrassment back. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Canadians, this is going to be a tough one for Ryan. Sean, you go first. You can never watch any movie ever again from one of these famous Canadian actors. Which actor are you choosing to eliminate? Jim Carrey, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, or Martin Short? Uh, probably Martin Short because I, I the other guys I really really like Martin Short's was Mar I like I like Martin Short's great but I'd probably eliminate him out of, out of those guys. I'm gonna say who's the second one? Uh, we got Jim Carrey, Dan, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy. I, I go Dan Aykroyd. Wow, I love I, I love it, but I, those other three guys I, I gotta have. Wow. All right, good ones. All right, Sean, how many chickens do you Chin, think? Can we pause for a sec? Yeah. Pause for one second. Are you going? Where's he going? Right, what was the next uh, one? He's back. All right, He's I'm back. not going to play the music. We're just going to finish it this way. It'll be good. I'm going to just start. Sorry about that. No, don't worry about it. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, fuck so good. So good. All right. Sean, how many chickens do you think it would take to kill an elephant? Oh, it would take like, like 200, 300? <laughs> Four? 300. 300? Yeah. I'm going to go with one. Okay, good. One How? chicken, because he's going to choke on it. <laughs> huh? Yeah, really... you like that. Wow, wow. All right, That's Sean. That's Canadian quick wit right there. Good job. If you were stranded on a desert island and ran out of food, would you choose to resort to cannibalism or die of starvation? Oh, I'd definitely eat somebody's... Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'd eat, I eat whatever. I, I don't know. The rump roast? I'd eat somebody's rump if I had to. It's really easy to say starve to death, but until you're really, really, really hungry. Right, I got to do it. I'm, I'm going to, yeah. yeah. All right. I'll eat a pig right now and a cow. I'm going to eat a human. Make some beef I, jerky yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I got to. Ration it out. Live, All right, yeah. good, good job, fellas. Okay. Um, what would be more annoying, Sean, having to clip your nails every day or get your hair cut every day? Uh... Get your hair cut, because then somebody's got to do that. I could cl I could clip my nails, bite them. Do I bite them every day anyhow, so it's no big deal. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you look up top, Chinch, I'm saying that's that's a quick process. <laughs> I'm with so you. Clipping my nails every day. I'm good on that. I'll pass <laughs> okay, on that. Good. Three okay. more. Okay, here we go. Another thing. Ryan does some magic tricks. I've seen him do magic tricks. Sean, rank right. these magicians from worst to best. 
David Blaine, David Copperfield, Penn and Teller. They're going to be combined as one. Uh, I'd say Penn and Teller, Copperfield, Blaine. Okay. I you, think Blaine's awesome, right? Yeah. You went from worst to first, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go Penn and Teller, Blaine Copperfield. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Claudia Schiffer was the deciding factor. Right. Yeah, I got you there. Okay, good. All right. Two left. Anybody, because she was hot? Yeah, anybody can turn her blind for a bit. To, <laughs> to realize she was... I'm just one. kidding. Just kidding. Don't make me right disappear, Dave. Right. He's not watching. All right. Worst thing to happen on vacation, Sean, is sunburn or the runs. Uh, you know what? I don't mind a sunburn because I got the Irish skin. It usually happens to the runs because if you're out on the beach having a good time and you got to, you know, drop a bomb or something, there's nothing worse than having the runs. Yeah, I'm going to second that. That's that's a pressing issue that I just don't even want to deal with. I get some aloe going, you know. Okay. It'll be gone in a day or two. I'll have a nice base tan. Right. But I just, I like the, the, the runs, runs are the worst. Yeah. They're bad. Although you can't yeah. lose weight. All right. This last one's a visual. Uh, Sean and I and uh, our significant others were, were arguing over this yesterday. We got a really nice, um, what do you call it, a uh, review from somebody on the uh, Apple podcast, which you can go and do for us. This one's just for Ryan, Sean. Let's see what his answer is to this. Who do you think this uh, fan was talking about, Sean or Chinch? What an awesome podcast. The host is knowledgeable, funny, and handsome. Really well done. Must listen if you're a baseball diehard or just want some laughs. So I actually argue that they're talking about Sean. Uh, and they just didn't know sports, but, and they just saw his but picture. Your, your wife, your wife said they were talking about you. You think that's a really tough one because I feel like, you know, you guys each qualify for three of those four adjectives. <laughs> you know, sort of figure out which ones are which. Okay. I'm gonna, I love you, Chinch, but I'm gonna go with Case on this. Yeah, nobody knows who the Chinch. fuck I am. I'm all for that. That's the way I've been wanting it my whole life. And Sean is handsome, especially with the new haircut, and he's all cleaned up. No now. kidding, I'm right? That's right. That was like ten. Bench, that was ten. Bench, you got through or nine. That's it, Dan. Yeah, I love it, that. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming in the mayor's office. I, I am so fired. I hope that at some time down the road, a, a year or two down the road, I can come back to the mayor's dude, office. We would like yeah. to have you back. Yeah. We would like to have you back. And yeah. uh, that was awesome, man. And thanks. it was cool. It was re- like I said, it was really cool. Like all these years I've known you, I was like, wow, Dempsey did a lot of good things. This is really cool. <laughs> yeah. is really and you were cool only twenty first on our list, Ryan. You were only the twenty first on his list. You were right up there oh. towards the top. Yeah, twenty second. Good, oh, good 22nd. number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good number. Twenty-two. I was twenty-two uh, for the Red Sox. That's what it was. That's you what played it was. Red Sox. Yeah. I was that connection. I was that connection? There you go. But yeah. by the way, right. Dapper, love, love you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Chinch. Chinch. All right, fellas. All right, brother.